Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape the future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right, today on the Garlic Marketing Show, we're going to talk about cold email outreach. How to get in connection with your perfect clients using cold mail and amazing software. I got Jeremy from Quick Mail. Jeremy, say hi. Hi. <laughs> and we're going to talk about how to use uh, Quick Mail, how to manage cold email campaigns, the simple trick to great emails. When is your list too big for cold email? The factors to getting your email into the inbox, the key metrics to email deliverability, his icebreaker snippet trick. I mean, we've got so much the importance of market propensity. Uh, the easiest first email, the ideal reply re, uh, rate for cold email, the ideal of using a positive reply rate metric and how to measure it, how to follow up better, and of course, how to use stories and email. Wow, this is going to be a big show. Uh, of course, it's brought to you by videocastory.com. One of the best things that you can do in all of your marketing is customer stories. Go to videocastory.com to learn how we can help collect, craft, and deliver those customer stories. All right, let's get started. You know, we're going to talk about how to use customer stories and cold outreach, how to do cold outreach that doesn't get you into spam, how to warm people up, all those cool things. But before we get into it, let's talk a little bit about what how quick what quick mail does and how it works. Okay, broad topic. Um, <laughs> so, uh, like I like I keep saying whenever I do a demo to people, is I could talk eight hours about quick mail uh, because it's a very big product and it ties to a lot of different workflows. But broadly speaking, this is a tool to help you manage all your campaigns and all your campaigns for all your clients. If you're a lead generation agency, for example, so we do have the ability to manage multiple accounts. And in short, um, you know, you send an email to someone. Uh, if that person doesn't reply, then you send a follow up and you obviously are in control of your own campaign. You can have multiple follow ups. You can decide to mix and match with different touch. But that's basically uh, basically the idea. The idea is to get more replies. So we're in a we're in a game of getting you more replies. Gotcha. And so everyone is probably like, well, that's fine. I'm gonna go buy a huge list and just start spamming them and start hitting them up. And I think that's what I think we get those emails. So we think that that's how cold Sometimes. email works. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and uh, <laughs> how how well can cold email work? Can cold email work? Um, sure, absolutely. I mean, it does work. Uh, I mean, we have plenty of clients that can show you it works extremely well. Um, it's it's interesting because a few years ago uh, there was a sort of people going away from cold outreach by email thinking like, oh, well, you know, this other platform works better or whatever. It was LinkedIn, you know, at the time. And then uh, people come back. It's it's one of those things that even sometimes it's out of fashion, it always sort of like come back because it's uh, it's the root. It's not a company that owns emails in a sense. Um, you're in control of whoever you're contacting. So um, it works very well. It does. Um, the trick for it is you have to do it well too because the floor has been raised uh in all those years uh, i remember the time where effectively what you were saying was working just by like a huge list you send stuff and uh, people apologize for not answering your first email that's long gone <laughs> it was like oh i'm so sorry you know it's like oh i don't know this person but it's great that person's replying to me um yeah it's kind of a fun feeling um not not there anymore so the um 
the practice um, got better. It's a bit like email marketing. At some point, you know, it was a wild west. And then there were some stuff, the double opt-in that came in and so on, and sort of like stabilized the, uh, the sort of industry. And now there's a little bit of this phase uh, going on at the moment. So it, it's, uh, it's interesting. And um, when you're doing cold email and you're trying to decide where to get started, right? Where, mm-hmm. where should I start? Because it seems like, it seems kind of daunting to me. Yeah, I've got this, you know, I know who my ideal clients are, but I don't know even where to start. Where's the first place to just even get started with it? So good question. Uh, there are a couple of ways you can do it. The first one is you don't necessarily have to think this is called outreach. And if you think simply about outreach by email, you can decide to contact your own clients. Maybe you want to do customer stories or maybe you want to you know, um, thank them for being with you so long or whatever. You will build up a list of whoever you want to contact and then you start building your campaign. The, really the big trick is to think that you're sending just one email to one person. And that mm-hmm. one person needs to be very well defined for you, right? In the case of the customer stories, you're not going to send that to anyone, someone who just started the, uh, the software today or, 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 or your product, you know, or your service today, or, or it's been like five years. So you're going to have to build your list one way or another with some criteria. It's no different than, um, than the outreach, or cold outreach. Like you will have to build your list. When you were joking, you know, about buying a list, uh, it's very hard to get a list with the exact customer avatar that you actually need. And I would argue that if you got a list of more than a thousand people, you're probably not refining your list um, well enough. So I will add more criteria. Try to think like if I end up with 12,000 people, I'd say like, okay, what is some criteria I can do that have this list? So 6,000. And then when you add 6,000 and you say, okay, what other criteria can I add? And then you keep on doing this until your list is about a thousand. And then you have a pretty good idea of who you want to contact. And then you write for one person, one email, just, just write an email, try it out. And if you, if you feel like I like it, I'd like to send that to more people. Then you bring them the automation. I think that's um, that's an interesting way to start. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, Cause I, I feel like when you say a thousand people are probably like, Either they're like, I don't even have anyone close to a thousand, or there's the people with the big list. They're like, well, I've got a hundred thousand potential clients and I want to, <laughs> I want to attack them. So when you're pulling down these criteria, what criteria are you looking for? And, and, and how do you, how are you doing that with just an email address? Okay. So the first things is that if, if your list is bad, your campaign is going to fail no matter what. Right, so it's easier to have a great list, a great offer, a, you know, people that are will crave for your offer, and then having a mediocre type of email. Right, and it's funny because usually it's the opposite. People just try to say like, oh, "Yeah, I don't care really too much about the list. Yeah, yeah, I'll try SMB 500 company, whatever. I go for the, I don't know, head of IT or whatever is your, you know, your target audience." And then, uh, and then they spend like so much time crafting their email. It's, it's a wrong way around. So I love the fact that you're asking me like, what criteria you know, should I look at? Now you have a, a, I'm not the expert in list building. This is actually something I don't like. I have a show, a podcast, another podcast called, uh, um, what's the name of a podcast? I think it's called Outreach <laughs> with Jeremy and Jack or something like that, like ridiculous name anyway. And uh, my, my co-host is actually super good when it comes to list building. So I learned tremendous uh, amount of information from him. But 
let's uh let's help you out here like give me a give me a service that you want to 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 sell to uh to to um, to your audience what, let's what say would that be let's say digital marketing well that's broad one uh what is it exactly in digital marketing are we talking seo are we talking uh let's say let's pretend it's video video oh okay <laughs> this is interesting so one thing i will do uh, if you already have clients i'll pull up my list of clients and i figure out like what is the avatar from that? Like, can I get an avatar from my list of clients? Usually you'll end up having like, you know, low paying clients, high paying clients. So ideally you start with the high paying clients. Maybe you find a couple of things in common, like, oh, maybe um, uh, for video, maybe they all have a website with more than X uh, number of visitors. And maybe they have a domain rating of more between X and Y. And then you figure out, okay, there is also a certain number of people in, in the company. So we need to at least have, I don't know, a, a head of marketing and another marketer, whatever. So you sort of like figure out those sort of criteria. And when you got that, then you do your list. And maybe it's also just in the US or just in, uh, in Europe. So you also have to, to figure out uh, that. So when you have a list of clients already, that's much easier to actually come up with a list of good criteria to contact because you know it works for those people. And then you can use that in your copywriting by saying like, hey, we've been using company like yours, such as such and such, which hopefully they should sort of like recognize because they are, you know, they are in similar industry, uh, similar size, similar, you know, maybe that's one of their clothes or, 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 or competitors or something like that, right? Gotcha. Gotcha. It makes sense. Yeah. No, it makes complete sense that, that, you know, and I think so many people don't, I mean, I've, I've talked to so many people that have never refined their email list like that and, and then segmented and then do that cold outreach. I talked to tons of, you know, agencies that I would probably say one out of 50 that I talked to has their ideal target really down like that. Maybe one out of 50, you know, and they're selling big, big services. And I think that's important. Um, so now, what are the trends to make sure that, A, I'm getting it? In, I mean, I think one thing is deliverability, but also then making sure it's opened. What Obviously, that's two different questions, and they're two huge questions. And by the way, you do have an amazing resource, too, on cold email, right? On, at quickmail.io, you have a huge book on here, don't you? Yeah. So I wrote a book, which uh, I put here just, uh, just for fun. So. Yeah, here behind okay. me. Uh, no one can read it anyway, but it's just fun. And I, I, bought that, I wrote that book, I think in 2016 or 15. So quite a long time ago. And one day I decided like, hey, you know, still people are still buying this book. How about I do like an updated version? And instead of publishing a new book, I actually just publish it on my website. So it's like that massive article and you can find it at quickmail.io slash cold dash email. And if you do that, then you'll find that this massive page with, you know, close to 15,000 words, I think, or something like that. It is. It's, it is. I'm going to share it real quick. If you're watching the video, uh, um, watch this on YouTube. You can see right here. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is a book, Prospecting and List Building, which we just talked about, Protecting Your Sender Reputation. Yep. Everything is important. Get your replies, uh... following up on cold email, <laughs> cold email metrics, handling replies what to do with all the money from your cold email. <laughs> uh, so um, that said, obviously people are listening to the podcast. They want to know now, 
how do I get my emails? First of all, make sure that they're getting to the inbox. And second of all, make sure they're getting opened. Yeah, so that's super important. So obviously, there are, there are a few things that... So I'm not quite sure where I should start, but um, <laughs> well, there's a lot of factors. Here's the thing. So there are a lot of factors that can impact it. Um, I would say right now, the game is at try to warm up your inbox first. So as we briefly discussed before the cast as to what an auto warmer is, is it's a software that will take control of your inbox, your personal inbox, which by the way, is what QuickMail does. It sends from your inbox instead of MailChimp or other marketing tools and they use their own server. We use your own inbox. So people see like, oh, it's, it's a personal message. And um damn where was i oh yeah and then uh it actually will generate some we take control of this inbox and we generate some conversation with other inboxes that we know are going to open and sometime even reply so we'll generate some engagement which means from a google or microsoft perspective it looks like oh this inbox is having good engagement so we're not going to block them when they are going to try you know sending emails to recipient they don't know because it seems like, you know, the good, good reply rate and good engagement. And engagement is a, is a key metric at the moment in order to stop, you know, spammers. So, um, so the auto warmer uh, is a tool that will generate all those conversation that you don't even need to, to see because most of them are auto archived and stuff. But that's basically what an auto warmer does. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think we don't think about we're just like, oh, I can just send emails to anyone ever, not worrying about whether we're getting engagement, which is crucial to that open rate and or to to getting in the inbox. But then, yeah, we want to get it open too, correct? Correct. And um, in, uh, in 2019, I think there was like that big movement in the industry because the Google put in place TensorFlow. And it's all about detecting patterns in order to figure out like, okay, well, those emails, people don't want to listen to them. So we're going to send them to the spam folder instead of sending them to the inbox. And so the auto warmer will also help for that. But um, there are other things that you need to think and consider. One of the big thing um, that's, been, uh, that's been going on for probably a year and a half, something like that, um, is the intro line or the icebreaker or the you know uh, personalization line it's basically a small snippet of text that you're going to put at the beginning of your email ideally but not necessarily that will be different for every prospect you send an email to so for example i'll be sending uh, let's say I'm selling something to you, Ian, maybe you're in my target audience and I'm going to come, maybe it's a service for, I don't know, helping you out to get uh, more, uh, more service, whatever. Okay, I'll sell you one thing. And basically I will send you an email and I will say something like, hey, I watched your episode uh, with Jeremy, by the way, uh, Ian, I think you could have grilled him a little bit more or I enjoyed it very much, whatever is the sort of thing, but it's something that I can send only to you. And that's what I mean by a personalization line. So every, even for you using automation for sending the email, following up if uh, the prospect doesn't reply and stuff like that, you're still, you're still having to sort of personalize each prospect you're sending an email to. And I love to do it in PS as well. But of course, if you do it in the, uh, in the intro, in the beginning, then that sort of like 
works better. So I like to do both actually. I like to do the beginning and the PS as well. Nice. So that that could be a lot of work, um, but there are there are ways around that. But overall, that's the idea and the spirit to help you landing in the inbox rather than in the spam box. Gotcha. And now open rates. Improving the open rates obviously is crucial and getting them to reply, which you have yep. a whole chapter in it. <laughs> uh, but what content are you seeing working really well right now on that? I mean, do you go direct to here's my service? Let's talk about it. Or uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of value-based emails. Like here's something you should do right now. And then if you want more help, let me know. But is that the best way? What's the best way you find? So you have three ways to approach this. The first one is the mouse and whisker. Why I'm basically going to disguise my email and then you're going to look at my email and you're going to say like, is it a client or is it someone who tried to sell me something? But if you think this is a client, then you're going to reply to me. Um, it's obvious. And then I reply to you like, oh, I'm asking that because X, Y, Z, right? So it'll be something around like, uh, hey, Jan, would you actually considering, you know, um, video onboarding for whatever? And then you're going to think, oh, it's someone who is a client. But in fact, no, it's like, oh, that's great. You're offering this because, and then it's, it's hard to flip. I don't like this technique. I think it's yeah. misleading. Um, so, uh, but some people use it. Uh, it's good to figure out what I call the market propensity, which is to determine um, the percentage of people who will open your email if you do a perfect email. So that's never going to happen more. You're never going to get more than it because in the end of the day, there is no boring way to say someone you won the lottery, right? So uh, the second one is, as you're mentioning, there's a, there's a problem uh, here. Uh, we're offering this. Is that a problem at your company, right? And the third one is more for networking first, like starting to connect. And then after that, trying to engage into, you know, moving to yourselves. Um, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of uh, success with what you propose. Uh, so I don't think you have to sort of like delay uh, at the same time, if you're too aggressive, sometimes it doesn't work. Like, you know, it's almost like, hey, enter your credit card here, do that. It's like, you still need to treat cold email as opening a conversation, right? So it's not a marketing sales letter. Actually, they do perform pretty badly um, if it's too salesy. But if it's too wishy-washy, uh, then you're actually not going to, it's going to be a very long sales cycle and you're going to lose a lot of time and you're going to have a lot of people in your funnel that don't act. It's like, so you have a middle ground to, to figure out. I think personally, I think the easiest one is you do intro line or intro, right? Second is value proposition. Third is backupping whatever you're saying, authority, influence. Uh, and then the last one is CTA. If you make it very clear, don't, don't beat around the bushes. Um, if you make it very clear, then you have a much greater chance that people will understand. Sometimes you just wonder why people are sending email. They're just so confusing. It's like, I don't understand. What should I do here? <laughs> so make it very clear, very simple. And, uh, and then you, have, you stand a better chance of getting good results. Yeah, and I, I do get that. I feel like emails should be short, especially cold emails should be short and sweet. Is there an ideal length or is, is you know, the two-line, three-line email a really good one? So that's funny you're saying that. I've been watching at some stats. Uh, with my co-host because he keeps on squeezing me with questions like that. So I looked at stats and it's it's not a it's 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 not 100% accuracy. Uh, it tends to be slightly more reply for shorter one, but it's not a massive rule. 
So it turns out that if your email is interesting and it has some, some you know, logical flow and then people can understand, you can get away with relatively long email. But I will say that, especially at the beginning, try with shorter one for sure. But too short also backfires. So you have like a sort of like limit. If you go through the four like section that I mentioned, then I think you got all the ingredients to get a good cold email. Okay, great. Great. And what does success, how do I gauge that? When do I go, hey, this is working or I need to start all over? Yeah. So let's give you some metrics. 80% reply rate is what you should have. Um, if you have less than 60%, then there is a problem and you should really revisit that. Maybe you're ending up in spam. I would say ideally, once you got your sort of like number, you should remove that. You should remove the open rate because um, checking the open rate is impacting the actual results because you add a little pixel, invisible pixel and stuff like that, and that will yeah. hurt your deliverability. So what I do instead is I rely entirely on Walter Warmer, uh, which actually will tell you if you end up in the right inbox or not. So I use actually the results of the Auto Warmer, which is, you know, remember generating engagement with other inboxes. Um, and, and, and that will give you a result as to are you inboxing or not. And so I will rely just purely on that and ignore the open rate. That way I will have a better deliverability while still keeping an eye on what's my sender reputation. That's, that's the first a, thing. That's yep. interesting. Yeah, because we all want to track open rates. Yeah, everyone but, wants, but that's hurting you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it, it makes complete sense. It makes complete sense, you know, and, and because it's, everyone, it's not auto magic. There's a pixel that goes in there. Google, Gmail, everyone knows the pixels there and they're that's right. <laughs> and uh Google's smarter than people think it is. <laughs> that's right, uh, true. And so now you say it made 60 to 80 percent reply rate? No, no, that's open rate. Open rate. Open okay. rate. I, I was about to come to the reply rate. Uh okay. we do have people with 60, 80 percent reply rate. Uh, usually they're more in a type of like, hey, I want to buy your business. I got a few millions. Should we have a talk? That sort of thing. It's like I say, it's no boring way to say someone won the lottery. Um, so those emails go very well. Um, for the reply rate, however, uh, the game has changed as well. A couple of years back, you needed to have between 20 and 30%. Now it went uh, down. So you have to account for between 10 and 20%. 10% should be what you should aim for. Or actually, you should achieve before you sort of like stop tweaking stuff, right? If you got less, something's not working. Maybe it's the list building, maybe the value proposition is not clear, maybe the CTA is too weak, um, all those sort of ingredients. But you should aim between 10 and 20% uh, reply rate. Once you got that, more than 20%, I think, will require more effort than actually the results you're going to get. But Gotcha. I mean, that, that's still, you know, 20 conversations on a thousand person email list. That's uh, that's two percent. I mean, so, yeah, two percent. So two hundred. Sorry, I was mm -hmm. a math major too. Uh, <laughs> I mean, two hundred conversations started. That's pretty good. Yes, yeah. but it's think, it's not it's not exactly right because some people will just you know ask you to take a take a take a hike or you know uh, fly a kite whatever. So the the next. The next metric you still need to consider is your positive reply rate, which means like, yes, they're interested, and then they want to know more. And that, that is, should be like uh, about 50%. You should aim for 50%. If you got too much negativity or people, you know, telling you rejection, whatever, it's like, 
something may not be quite right here. Gotcha. And are you tracking the, how are you tracking the positive reply rate? Is, are you marking it off or is mm -hmm. it, is that inside of quick mail? Can you do that? You can do it inside quick mail. Some people do it also inside their inbox in, uh, um, uh, in Gmail, for example. Um, it becomes difficult when you use inbox rotation. Now inbox rotation is a great um, feature, by the way, it helps you to send large volume uh, across multiple inboxes. So edge inboxes is sort of like flying under the radar, not sending too many emails. Uh, so it's a great feature. Um, and where did I go with that? <laughs> I, I forgot. Sometimes I, I get sidetracked by you know cool stuff, and I forgot what I was yeah. about to say. No, uh, the tracking the positive reply rate and oh yeah. Uh, so it's difficult if you have multiple inboxes to track it uh, within Gmail because then you would have to change the account of Gmail and so on. So in QuickMail, you can effectively, you can set labels or you can set uh, sentiment. So you could say positive or negative sentiment. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That's, that's really interesting. And at what point do you, do you take them out of a campaign? Do you keep following up with them forever or well, where, where does that work? Here's the thing, um, Ian, do you have a problem with, um, I don't know, I'll say something random, but it could be like for HR or for um, hiring some people or for those sort of like problem that will come maybe later uh, or in your business or are already there and so on. It's like a lot of things are timely. So, you know, if I send this email this today to you, maybe you say like, ah, not interested, you will even ignore it. But if I send it in one year, maybe you say, oh, man, thanks, God, you actually reached out to me, right? And so the ideal thing would be like, you never stop a campaign, right? But, but obviously, this is tricky because some people will simply flag you as spam every time you send them an email. They won't necessarily unsubscribe uh, to you. So there is a balance here to be made. What I, what I recommend is that try to do three follow-ups, right? Leave it cool down or six months or whatever, and then retry again. Because at the end of the day, if you end up with a list of 100 or 1,000 people that you really think they're not target audience, you want to have a conversation with them, why would you ever want to drop them? It doesn't mm. make sense, right? Because you know they will benefit from your product. So what I would say is like you do those three emails, and when you do the follow-up, make sure you, you change the value proposition. Please don't do something like, hey, I hope you read my previous email like a week ago or whatever. It's like, man, I decided to ignore it. I didn't have time, whatever. Give me something else. Like basically, yeah, Ian, I also wanted to tell you or to share that, you know, um, since this last email I sent you, uh, we, we close three other people, if this is like a limited offer, for example, or I can tell you um, that, by the way, we, our product also helps with speed or it helps reduce cost. But you know, use your follow-up as an opportunity to give more value every time, right? Or more information so people can make a better decision and maybe vary the call to action. Maybe in the first one, I'm asking for, hey, can you pick a link on my calendar? Maybe the second one is like, oh, um, maybe you just want to join our Slack community. And actually that worked very well with me, this one, I remember. That's like, no, not interested. And then they say the second one is like, oh, we got plenty of other founders. Uh, if you want to meet them, I'm like, yeah, I'm down for this one. So I joined uh, the second point. So anyway, Love follow it. up, be, uh, be, be mindful about follow-ups. That's great. That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, this is, 
amazing because I think it's so important. Now, the one thing I want to talk about too, for sure, is how are you, you know, because we create customer stories of video case for to come. How are mm -hmm. you, how have you seen them used in cold email outreach? Because I know for me, I used to use them in, I still use them in, in, in outreach, but not really in cold email. Um, what do you mean exactly? You use them in outreach, but not in cold email. Well, That's... I'll use them in, not in cold email. I'll use them in, cold, in outreach and LinkedIn. Right. I've used them a lot in outreach and LinkedIn. I'll use them in, um, I'll even sometimes do direct mail. Right. I really haven't said, hey, here's someone like you in, in cold email. I've used it in more, you know, in inbound, et cetera, every other place, but never in cold email. Right. Uh, what do you think is going to be different versus actually reaching out to LinkedIn? I don't know. That's why I, that's why I had you on because I want to I yeah. want to know I want to know if you've seen it, best practices, anything that you've seen. Uh, because to me, it's like, hey, here's someone like you. You know, it's X Y X Y Z company was just like you, and here's how they solved that problem. Would right. you like to see more? So, I usually like to go after VIPs. Now, what I mean by VIPs is someone who will not necessarily be the final end user of my product or service, but someone who will open the door for more people. So for example, it could be reaching out to influencers, right? Whatever is your service, you reach out to influencers instead of reaching out the end user of your service, right? Uh, so that's easier as well because influencers are looking for sponsors, for example. So they'll be happier to reply. And so you will have a successful call outreach campaign, right? That way. So I like to go after uh, VIPs and you have VIPs, you know, different domains, different, um, like could be, be retailers for your product, uh, or it could be um, a consultant agencies that will then resell your product to, you know, their, their own, their own clients. So I like that when I go for call outreach, I'm always thinking, how can I find someone who will multiply the number of people I'm going to, uh, to reach out? Um, because otherwise, uh, if you sell, obviously you're not doing that, but if you sell a service for you know, $9 uh, a month or something like that, you're not going to recover or it's going to be very, very difficult to, um, um, to get your money back uh, uh, with that level. But of course, for services, that makes sense. Uh, for customer videos, that makes sense too. Uh, what I would do then is I will use a few tricks. Um, I will use um, two things, either YouTube, because as you're going to put it into your, um, into your email, you're going to say like, hey, here's an example of a company just right like you. So you can have an idea of what it will look like for your own, you know, your own company. Um, people are super curious. They would want to see like, okay, how does that look like for my company, for example? And then you, can, you have two ways of doing it. The first one is you put a YouTube link. And so when you send the email through um, and then people receive it through Gmail, they're going to see this from the thumbnail on the bottom of their email because Google automatically put up the link, know it's YouTube, put the thumbnail at the bottom of email. So people will, you know, if you put something funny or like attracting the eye into the thumbnail, you're good. People will click on it. And then you should, you know, monitor your, your views, right? For your, for your uh, YouTube uh, video. The other approach is you use a loom video and then you say like, Hey, here's a, here's a video again of uh, one of my, uh, uh, you know, one of your computers, like one of the companies similar to you, you yep. put it as a loom video. And then the cool thing is, you know, you get notified when someone watched this video. And so you'll know oh, this person. And even if they are part of loom, I think you even see the name of who it is, who actually watched your video. 
Um, so there are two things I would encourage you to try. One thing that uh, also work is like um, uh, asking if they would like to, you know, um, can I actually make a video for you to actually demonstrate how it would look like for your website? And though that way you don't have to do the video before someone actually answer. And of course you've done the, the work before, which is like, this is someone I want to work with. Having his company is going to be a good client and stuff like that. You don't propose it for everyone and then waste your time. Again, yeah. the advantage of having a very narrow uh, pro uh, prospect list to start with. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, I, I love that because it's getting that narrow prospect list, automating it, you get better results faster. And yes. it, it may, it's, it's, it makes sense, but everyone wants to go, let's spam everyone. Yeah. <laughs> See what stick. Uh, yeah. It doesn't stick. No. You get, you get flagged as spam very quickly. Uh, yeah. Avoid doing I, that. I, it's, it's amazing how many emails I get on a daily basis that have nothing to do with our business, cold emails. And I'm just like, wow, you're way off here. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, I'm like, I get that. Um, from time to time, we tear them down on, uh, on our podcast. That's always funny. Um, <laughs> it's, sometimes we find some good ones, but uh, they are more the exception than the rule. So we try to find always a, an interesting one to talk about. Yes. And so speaking of your podcast, uh, you, you've got a great podcast on cold email. Tell me what you said it was. It's outreach. Yeah. Cold <laughs> outreach. <laughs> How was it? Like cool email outreach, I think, with Jeremy and Jack. Anyway, just uh, just search that. And... It's cold outreach for you. That's right. Cold well, email no, outreach not, for you. That's that not right? a podcast. No, maybe that's a competitor podcast. I don't know. Well, it's it, it's that's what's on your website. Oh, is it? Well, <laughs> maybe. Anyway, yeah, go to quickmail.io and I think slash podcast and then you get podcast. the link. There yeah, you go. we'll, we'll put the easier. links in the show notes. I just like I'm I'm having fun giving Jeremy a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind at all. You could do that anytime, Ian. I know, but, I know. <laughs> uh, the podcast is done with me and Jack. So I'm the technical guy. I'm the guy who understands the automation, why things are going to spam, and try to take you, prevent you to go into spam. And uh, Jack is an agency lead generation owner, and so he has the um battlefield experience and he's the one who actually need to do the outreach uh, or the prospect list when quick mail you know you come with your list i don't do the list for you so that's a nice little balance so he comes with a lot of well of experience from you know running his own agency in terms of sometimes there's some tricky prospecting things to do um and then i come from the actual results and what people are using and the trend and stuff like that data side I so it. I think it's a healthy balance, healthy mix. And yeah, I always have fun, you know, jamming with him. So it's good. Nice. We've been doing it for four years, I think. <laughs> wow. It, it goes yeah. by fast. You're like, oh my God, I've been doing this for that long. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but it's good that you're consistent. And uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. We'll put a link to quick mail. And also um, we'll put a link to your email, cold email Bible. I don't know if it's yeah. called the Bible. I'm calling it Bible now. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I should rename it. Uh, but awesome. And Jeremy, where's the best place to follow you? Where do you spend your time on social media? Oh, man, I spend too much time on Twitter. And I say that as it, like it's bad, but I probably like spend like 10, 20 minutes a day or something like that on Twitter. And I think it's already like too much. Um, <laughs> the return on investments on my time on Twitter is pretty lame. Um, and I wonder like, should I have taken like 
piano lesson instead. 20 minutes every day. I'm sure I'd be pretty damn good by now. <laughs> anyway, um, I think people can just find me on LinkedIn. Uh, this is always cool. If you do uh, reach out, do mention you've seen me in, on the podcast with Ian or some stuff like that because there's so many bots on LinkedIn, then uh, yeah. I, I won't accept your, your, your connection. Um, other than that, just, um, I don't know, send me an email. That's probably easy to find what's my email is. Um, yeah. it's funny, funny thing is funny story. I reached out to Jeremy cause we're in a group <laughs> together and <laughs> I just sent a quick email like, Hey, we should connect. And he's like, this isn't good. Cold email. I'm like, it's not a cold email. It made me cry. <laughs> uh, you make it look like I'm really, um, well, I'm a tough cookie. I must admit, but I received like so many, like cold outreach email. Now I'm like, <laughs> I read like one line. I'm like, let me so you're one of the lucky one where i actually did reply because i probably was not sure what it was and yes, um, yes yeah. that's true that's you Ian. <laughs> it was fun it was good yeah. I, we have a good time talking and I, i'm just giving him a hard time i mean it's that's great right. service he's super smart that's you know i only have super smart people on here knows what he's talking about and a lot of fun so uh, uh jeremy <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. We'll have you on again as email keeps to evolve. Sure. And, Anytime. Uh, and uh, make sure to check out QuickMail. I mean, I think everyone in the B2B space needs to have a cold email outreach. And yeah. uh, it's an amazing software. Uh, but thanks again for being on the show. No, thank you, Ian. I really appreciate um, jamming with you. It's always fun. It's always fun. And thank you all for taking Jeremy and I on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video, you know it'll make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer? An agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 